It's a time of year that's critically important to many industries, but perhaps most obviously the retail sector. Happy holidays. The holiday shopping season can be make or break for many businesses, and it's also a big deal for the economy as a whole. I'm sorry, your card was declined. So, like the star on top of a Christmas tree, up it goes on... Welcome to Wheel of Risk, proudly presented by Allianz Trade. I'm your host, Alex McCabe. On every episode, we spin the wheel, land on a new worry, and then tackle it head on by bringing you expert insights and advice to help you keep your business solvent, secure, and well ahead of the competition. Today, I'm joined by a man who never makes it onto Santa's naughty list. Dan North is Allianz Trade's Senior Economist for North America and a regular contributor to this podcast. Dan, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. Happy to be here. Thank you for being here. All right. So why don't you get us started by giving that old wheel a big spin? All right. Here we go. Ooh, wonderful. You've landed on frightful or delightful. Wow. A deep dive into the importance of the holiday shopping season. Who could not be interested in that? Yeah, everybody, right? Pour yourself an eggnog, Dan, and let's jump in. All right, let's go. The period between Thanksgiving and Christmas is super important to the economy. It generates more sales than any other time of year for most small businesses, accounting for a full fifth of annual sales across most industries. But the holiday shopping season is also rife with risk for a variety of reasons that we're going to talk about today. Plus, consumer spending can be dramatically affected by a bunch of external economic conditions. Dan, what's your take? How important are holiday sales, both to specific sectors and the economy in general? Well, you know, you were mentioning that um, holiday sales can account for a fifth of all annual sales. Well, that's across all industries. If we dive down into retailers, it's actually more like 40% of revenue is generated in holiday sales. So you can see that really is make or break. If you don't have a good holiday season, uh, you become very vulnerable as a retailer. So then what are the risk factors facing businesses that do depend so heavily on less than just two months of the year? It's really tricky because, you know, you have to have ordered the goods that you're going to sell, going to put on the shelf months ahead of time. Like for retailers, ordering is finished by August. So it's a pretty good trick for retailers to figure out what people are going to want four months or now and how much they're going to want. And then they can run into shipping problems and maybe have ordered the uh, the wrong things. Like a few years ago, they uh, ran short of uh, things like Tickle Me Elmo. Suddenly everybody wanted a Tickle Me Elmo and they ran out of, <laughs> out of all those. And I remember a few years ago, my little daughter wanted the... Uh, the Barbie with the big airplane, and I couldn't find that either. So, you know, it's pretty tough for retailers to figure out. You were stuck. I was. I drove all over the place to try and find it, and I didn't. We've all done that, right? So you have to, like, look into the future a little bit with your crystal ball if you're a retailer. Yeah. How how are you going to know? And they do all kinds of research. Big retailers in particular do research well ahead of time. But sometimes they miss that big thing and that can turn into a problem. So which external factors or I guess economic conditions tend to maybe predict consumer spending over the holidays? Well, there are all kinds of things that go into consumer behavior. Like, for instance, 
over the past year and even this year to a certain extent is inflation. Mm -hmm. And then gas prices, which can be volatile, are up and down all the time. And then the labor market is actually weakening. Maybe people could be losing jobs or unable to find jobs. And we've seen labor strikes. And now, unfortunately, we have two wars going on and it can really interfere with consumer confidence and consumer behavior. Okay. So what would you say are usually the most reliable or accurate predictors of holiday spending? Well, I kind of like to say with tongue in cheek, there are none. (laughs) Um, Because again, it's, you know, it's to a large extent driven by consumers. So you might think, for instance, consumer confidence is really uh, helpful in terms of predicting sales. Well, Mm -hmm. it's not. It can be, but it's, it's not all the time. And you might think it might be income, for instance, the job situation. Well, it's not, can be sometimes, <laughs> but it's not. And you might think it would be spending patterns throughout the year, but that can change. So it's not. <laughs> Some of those things, they can be useful sometimes, but not not always. You never know really what's going to uh, come to the fore there. Mm. So it's pretty tough to pick one that works all the time. I guess the other thing that's like hard to account for with those surveys is the whole human factor, because people don't always do what they say they're going to do in the survey, right? Absolutely. And I see this a lot. You're looking at the uh, uh, consumer confidence data compared to retail sales. You know, they will often say, yes, very confident. And then, no, I'm not going to spend. (laughs) What makes it difficult is in any sort of economic forecasting is economic decisions and retail purchases are made by human beings and human beings Mm. aren't rational. (laughs) So they're very hard to predict. You know, for instance, the income may be low or they may be really worried about the future. They'll say, "Ah, well, future looks bad. I'm going to might as well go spend it anyway. Or, you know, they haven't been spending because they're trying to save up a little bit and now it's revenge spending or, you know, they, they won't spend at all. So it's it's that irrational behavior uh, that's that makes things that human behavior makes it so hard to predict the human factor. Yeah. So if we look back at the past few years, say since the start of the pandemic, have any interesting trends emerged? I'm thinking of the shift to online shopping, for example. Yeah. Well, uh, during the pandemic, when people were locked down in their homes. Uh, e-commerce, Amazon went nuts. There was tremendous demand for uh, stuff that was going to get delivered to your door. Mm -hmm. So e-commerce took a real boost during the pandemic. But since then, it's come back down to, you know, levels it was beforehand. And I think a lot of people would be surprised that uh, e-commerce really takes up only about 12% of all retail sales. Interesting. You know, people think Amazon is running the retail world well. It has a very big chunk, but overall it's 12%. It's it's not nearly as much, I think, as a lot of people would expect. I don't go to stores anymore, Dan. I don't I don't physically go to stores anymore. So it's interesting that's just 12% of total sales. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I feel like I make up more than that myself. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, (laughs) I don't don't go to stores. I mean, uh, holiday shopping used to be nightmarish for me, walking around Macy's and saying, oh, mom like this. I don't know what size, what color. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I don't do that much uh, anymore either. It's it's been kind of uh, very, very useful to have Amazon right there. So what about the actual things that people are buying? 
okay, and the timing of those purchases. Are there any trends worth watching there? Yeah. So last year, and really the year before that, consumers were waiting and waiting and waiting later in the holiday season to actually make their purchases, Mm -hmm. kind of like they were daring the retailers and saying, I'm not buying yet. You got a discount. I'm not buying yet. You better (laughs) discount some more. And Put it on sale. Exactly. And it worked. And there are some predictions this year as well from other retailers I've seen that, yeah, we're going to have to do even bigger discounts this year. So the shoppers keep pushing out to Christmas. And in many cases, they even wait till after Christmas is over because that's when they're going to get real deals. Who cares when you got the present? Yeah. Really going uh, shopping after Christmas, which is pretty new. In terms of what they're buying, uh, a couple years ago, again, when people were buying uh, just out of the pandemic, people were looking for big stuff, like particularly bring me a new TV. I'm stuck inside. I want a new TV. And then things turned a bit more nervous. And instead of looking at TVs, people were shopping for leggings and that sort of thing. Um, So so there's a big change. Why are you quoting my buying habits, Dan? (laughs) Is that what you did? TVs to leggings? (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, I'll I'll leave that alone then. (laughs) So, okay, what about credit card usage, right? I know people tend to lean on credit more heavily in tough times. Do we see any patterns there in the past few years? Well, just recently, this year, credit card usage has definitely accelerated. No no two ways about it. Um, the amount of credit card debt outstanding has accelerated very noticeably. However, the U.S. consumer now has a pretty good balance sheet. And what I mean by that is they're not really very indebted. You know, before the Great Recession, uh, Americans were, were highly indebted. And then the recession came along and they cut that debt down and it stayed down. So even though we're getting more and more use of credit cards, Americans are still in a good position to do that because their debt levels relative to their income are very low. However, that said, rates are unbelievably sky high. The average rate is 21%. And on some cards, depending on who's applying for it, it can go over 30%. Um, So those are really outrageous rates. And that's probably one of the reasons why defaults are starting to rise. Again, it's like the uh, ability to take on more debt because we're in good position. Defaults are rising, but from a very low base. So, you know, it's still not bad, but it is going the wrong way. It's kind of an interesting combination there, what's going on in credit card. But people are using them more at higher rates and starting to default a little bit more. Interesting. So I think we've covered the various indicators and economic factors that can affect consumer spending over the holidays. So I'd now like to sort of jump into your actual predictions for the season. What do the numbers look like? Okay, well, before I get into that, let me just say I spoke with our retail team at uh, Allianz Trade just yesterday about retailing, and they had actually had a number of meetings with the really big retailers Mm -hmm. and got a good feeling about what they're thinking. And they're all a little bit worried. Okay. And they cite kind of the same worries about gasoline, which could affect people traveling to the store, 
high interest rates, student loans. That's something they've been uh, um, citing currently as well. Mm. And, uh, you know, talking about predictions, there are all kinds of uh, analysis that make predictions on what's going to happen in the holiday season. So it gets a little messy. You know, there's the uh, National Retail Federation. Deloitte makes a prediction. So does Ernst & Young. Adobe. And then throughout the season, you get data from shopper track and credit card companies. And the problem is they all cover different periods. So one of these will cover, make a forecast for just, just Black Friday. Okay. Or another one will be Black Friday weekend. Or another one will be Cyber Monday or the entire holiday sales, November through December. So it's a little bit hard to say. However, in looking at all these... It kind of falls in a range of three to five percent over last year. Okay. Okay. That's a bit slower than last year's holiday sales, which was growing at seven percent. So it's a little slower this year. And also, if you have inflation at three point seven percent and you're only growing somewhere between three and five percent, that's pretty lukewarm. Yeah. That's pretty lukewarm. So uh, it's it's uh, a very cautious season. Hmm. Not good news for some retailers. It's going to have to play out, but it's not particularly great at the moment. So I want to try something a little different, a sort of rapid fire section, if you will, where I will throw out some terms, okay? And you can give me your take on whether you think they could affect this year's shopping season or not, okay? Okay. First one, supply chain issues. Okay, well... I don't think that's going to be so much of a problem this year. The two years prior to this, it was definitely an issue because we did have that uh, total mess up in the su- global supply chain. Yeah. And it was very hard to uh, to get items that manufacturers, retailers, consumers all wanted. I think that's pretty well been cleared up. So I don't think that's really going to be a problem. Okay. High gas prices. That is a factor. As I mentioned, the retailers are concerned about that. And what happens is uh, with gasoline, it makes up a larger portion of the budget for lower and middle income people. So that could really crimp their spending because it's just it have less flexibility in the budget after gasoline prices. All right. Next, food inflation. Definitely, again, something to be concerned about. And and people kind of forget that inflation is cumulative, if you will. So, yeah. you know, you're buying a turkey that's more expensive than last year, and that was more expensive than the year before that. So inflation builds up. And again, just like gasoline, food can make up a larger portion of the budget because people have to eat. Right. have a larger portion of the budget of lower and middle income people. So that could affect Christmas spending uh, in that group. And last but not least, seasonal creep, my favorite. Yeah. Well, I think uh, at the beginning of this, what's this episode called? Delightful or Frightful? Well, I think it was in August. I went into our local Lowe's and was stunned to see uh, Halloween goods. Halloween, uh, right? Halloween's, yeah. yeah. Halloween's two months away. It's in August and you still, and you have those goods out now. <laughs> And it does kind of creep up more and more every year. Mm. I don't think that that's really going to have that big an influence on the spending. It does influence me, though. I will buy things very early when I see them. <laughs> I'm a sucker for like that. Like those leggings. Exactly. Like those leggings, right? Exactly. Okay. 
So Dan, one of the themes that keeps kind of popping up on this podcast is how businesses can protect themselves in times of uncertainty with a product like credit insurance. So how does trade credit insurance figure into this whole holiday sales equation? Well, Allianz is uh, exposed to a lot of retailers, both directly and indirectly. Many of our clients are manufacturers of goods that would then be sold to retailers, really big ones or smaller ones. And if a retailer who has to make it in that uh, holiday season doesn't do well and they have to uh, file a bankruptcy, well, that could have a ripple effect up and down the supply chain. If it wasn't mentioned earlier, it might be worth relating that the spike in retail bankruptcies usually comes in January because that's when retailers have the most cash on hand so that they can pay at least uh, some vendors something. They declare bankruptcy before the you know the first payments are due. So that's when you see a, uh, a surge in retail bankruptcies. So if your company does do business with any retailers that are heavily dependent on holiday sales, it sounds like that's where working with Allianz could pay off. Well, you know, yes. For every super high quality company like Walmart or Target, the really big box stores, mm -hmm. there are hundreds and thousands of smaller retailers that you may not know anything about. But Allianz Trade does because we have a database of 83 million businesses worldwide. We know about most of those medium and smaller businesses that you would want to, uh, to sell to. Mm. So that's when trade credit insurance goes from this simple protection of just preventing losses, right? but it can be an actual growth tool because clients can say, hey, you know, I want to sell to this guy. I don't know if they're safe to sell to on credit. Can you help me figure it out? And we say, yeah, of course. Um, and the mm. answer might be, yeah, they're good for credit. You can sell to them and grow your sales that way. And a lot of our clients actually use that for us as the primary purpose. So sales growth is, uh, is really important to most of our clients. And particularly as we head into that holiday season. Indeed. So this has been a very festive conversation, Dan, but that music we're hearing means that we're almost out of time. I can't believe it. We have beautiful parting gifts for you backstage to say thank you for being <laughs> on the show. <laughs> thank you. You can't wait, right? But before I let you go, I want to give you a chance to sum up what we've talked about today. So do you think this holiday season will actually be frightful or delightful and why? Well, I hate to do the economist thing of on the one hand oh, X no. and on the other hand Y. So <laughs> I won't. I'll say it's not frightful or delightful. I think it's somewhere in the middle. And particularly if, if you're looking at the forecast growth rates and they may be less than inflation, that's a, that's a worry. That's yeah. pretty low, lukewarm growth or even no growth. And in talking to the big retailers, they're kind of wringing their hands as well. So it's not a particularly solid looking season, I'm afraid. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Thank you, Dan, as always, for being on Wheel of Risk and happy holidays to you. Thank you, Alex. Always good talking to you. My guest today has been Dan North, Senior Economist for North America at Allianz Trade. I'm Alex McCabe, and this is Wheel of Risk, brought to you by Allianz Trade. Thank you so very much for listening. If you learned something, which we hope you did, we'd appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. To find out more about how a partnership with Allianz Trade can benefit your organization, please visit allianz-trade.us slash podcast. That's A-L-L-I-A-N-Z-trade.us slash podcast. Thanks and talk to you soon.